Comedy football talk here at Quick Snaps with Aaron Hodges and Kostaki Economopoulos. What's up, birthday boy? Oh, birthday boy, getting it in. Yeah, it still counts. I'm open with it. I open with it. Happy birthday. Thanks, pal. It still counts a day later, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the Especially sentiment. at this age. <laughs> yeah, right. You're lucky I even noticed. I only even know because of Ron Milford mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, Ron. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe because we're, we're Facebook buddies. I don't. I don't think he has uh, my birthday memorized. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that. I, I'm gonna go on record and say I don't think he does. But I'm not gonna rule it out. He seems like support right there. Happy birthday. He, he definitely seems like the the kind of guy that would be really thoughtful and just write people's birthdays down. You know. That's right. Uh, he does. But thanks, man. We had a I had a great weekend with Alex up in Warwick, New York. Have you ever heard of this town? I don't think I have. It's wonderful. And I'm not going to put it on the map. The words out. This town is awesome. Is that right? It's so great. Yeah. It's just a nice little town in the middle of farm country and the mountains and all that where New York and New Jersey collide. Yeah, on my birthday, we just sat at this a winery. It's a winery and a distillery. Warwick Winery and Distillery. And just ate French fries and pizza and drank cider and gin cocktails and just had That's a gay great. old time out in the sunshine. It was nice. It's a winery and a distillery. I've never heard that combination before. Yeah, right. So they got all kinds of spirits and wow. wine and cider. This place is great and the food is outstanding. It was day drinking, man. My tolerance ain't what it used to be. <laughs> I will occasionally do some day drinking and it always like... It's so it's always like smacks me in the face of like you're not a kid at spring break, yeah. And like I don't know at the beginning of all the quarantine stuff when we thought it was gonna be real cute, two weeks we were like, all right, let's go to the liquor store and we're drinking heavily, you know, just gonna be a sweet time. But it's tailed off, so I haven't been drinking that much. Like if I have a beer now, it used to be that I could have a beer. And then just go about my day and do whatever I was doing. I could do some more work or whatever. But like now I have a beer and it's like, nope, shut everything down. I'm done for the day. <laughs> one beer, dude. I just, I don't know. It's crazy. I've always gotten sleepy with one beer, even yes. when I was younger. There's no point in drinking one beer. That's what's happening now is where, right. I, you know, I'm just slowing down to an alarming rate. And, uh, but <laughs> Yeah, we had a we had a good time Sunday, and then uh, we visited some friends who own a pie shop there. Shout out the Noble Pies. Went to their house and had some dinner. It was real nice, and uh, it's first like vaccinated outing at people's house, you know. So yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a lot of a lot of that, a lot of feeling free again, doing a lot of things outside, and we had a meal in a restaurant. It was nuts, bro. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to hear that life's getting a little bit back to normal for you. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. We got a lot to talk about. I can, it's normally in May, you're like, well, you know, we could put together something to talk about for football, but there's so much news. It's crazy. We also have Tim Harmston coming up. Very funny comic. He's been on Letterman. He's one of the Acme boys, buddies with Brian Miller, all those guys up there. Uh, he is a Packers fan. Somebody suggested we bring him on to discuss the goings-on, and uh, he was into it immediately. So I'm like, okay, don't tell me what you think yet. We'll get to it on the thing. So we'll have him on here in about 10 minutes. That's nice to fulfill a request, a guest request from somebody that said, hey, get Tim on. And we made it happen. Yeah, that never happens, right? People are always like, hey, you should blah, 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 and, and sometimes you think in your head, like, no. And sometimes you just know you can't get that person, or sometimes it just doesn't work out. 
this one was like, bam, bam, bam. I, I know him a little bit, but he's one of those guys that I've always liked, but kind of know like through friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so it'd be, it'd be good to talk to Tim. So let's talk some uh, NFL schedule release. Yeah. How genius are these fucking guys that they make the release of the schedule a big a big story? The huge ratings, and we are, and we and we already know who the teams are playing, right? Like that's different. That's a different day. <laughs> you already know who the Falcons are playing. They have they have all of these division games, and then they they have all the teams that you you know like you know all the teams. It's just a matter of when. And then the TV times and then the ticket availability. It's amazing that they've turned this into an event. But you know what? I was guilty. I was totally riveted. I watched like this whole two-hour thing on ESPN. They're going through all the teams and talking about the highlights and the quirks of the schedule. And, oh, they're going to get three, you know, games against teams coming off their bye. Oh, that's going to be, you know, all that stuff. It's fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, I noticed the uh, – a cool thing with the Browns, they got a back to back with the Ravens. So they have, they get them in week 12 then they have a bye, And then in week 14, they play the Ravens again. Um, That's right. They need to do this more often. And I mean, you don't even have to put a buy in between these things. I mean, no, I love it. But apparently that's one of the things the NFL works on avoiding. And this is the first time in 30 years that there's teams that play back to back. well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Ravens don't play back-to-back because they're playing a team in between during the bye for the Browns. So the Browns are the only team that's having it, which right. makes it even yeah. even more kind of quirky and interesting the way it falls. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons have only one primetime game. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, be better know. next time. I know. It's Thursday. It's against the Patriots. That'll be interesting. Andreas um, chiming in on the chat. Giants versus Falcons in New York. I'll see oh, you. I'll is that right? I expect to see you there, pal. Yeah, that's right. If this was a few years ago, we'd be doing it up like we did Falcons Jets. I still get email emails from the Jets because yeah. I once bought tickets from the Jets. Me too. I thought it was so strange <laughs> that I was getting more emails from the Jets, and I follow. I, I see more posts from the Falcons on social media than I do the Giants. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened here? Okay. Yeah, that's right. I think I like the Falcons' social media better than the Giants. They just do it better. And (laughs) the Jets, I eventually did unsubscribe. I was like, I don't belong here. Yeah. Get me off this list. I think I tried. Maybe they they don't listen to me. They They keep coming. And the Falcons have a London game. And Andreas has already bought... Flights and hotel room. To Already, go. this guy don't play. This guy's insane. He actually warned me before the schedule release. He goes, I'm probably going to do this when they announce the date. Just to let you know. Love to have you. If you could do it. I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's all the strikes. This is a long way from L.A., that's for sure. Who are they playing? I think it's the Jets. Is that right, Andreas? Oh, is yeah. Is he on here? Yep, he says Jets in London. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our game that we went to, Falcons-Jets, was very memorable. Sideways rain for 10 hours. It's ridiculous. Thank God it was 50 and not 22 or whatever. We got somewhat lucky. At least it wasn't really cold. It was just regular cold. <laughs> There's two memories that I have that stand out. And one is just... Oh, let me guess. One is Glenn falling. Yeah. And, and 
Yeah. He's saving his life. <laughs> Tumbling. And uh, <laughs> the other one was just a random Tevin Coleman run. I just remember uh, a good run by Tevin Coleman. Ah, good player. Yep. He's still around. Yeah, I think he signed with somebody, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he moved somewhere else. Let's find that out. I forgot. He's like the third running back on a team somewhere. It's not the 49ers, Second. right? That's who it was, right? No, no, no. He left. He's got a new team. Let's see where he went. The Niners have Trey Sermon now, who went to... Uh, oh, Tevin went to the Jets? Is that right? Yeah. We get to see him in London, Andreas. Very nice. Oh, he's behind Mike uh, Mike Carter, the rookie, probably. Well, we'll see. Okay. Interesting. I can root for Tevin in that matchup. Yes, sir. That game, Jets-Falcons in London in October, starts kickoff is at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time where I live. That's that's reason enough to just go with Andreas. Like, just right? be there. Yeah, you might save some time, get more <laughs> sleep. <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. I'm still hungover from last week's loss. That's too early. <laughs> so the big buzz on the schedule is, of course, uh, week four, Buccaneers at Patriots, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Tickets, it's the highest average ticket price in NFL history for a regular season game. Wow. $1,370. The average ticket price. A lot of coin. Robert Kraft said, that's almost 14 handies. <laughs> uh, Brady likens it to uh, when your college friends meet your high school friends. And I was like, wait, wait, Tom Brady has friends? We're not, we're not <laughs> counting avocados or trophies, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the big one. There was, there was a couple other kind of quirky stories that I had over here. There's one about the Colts. All right, the Colts have the toughest first eight games of the schedule based on opponent winning percentage. The Jets have the toughest season overall based on being the Jets. Mm. That makes it harder for them because they're the Jets. Do we have time to talk about this weird Falcons situation? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. There's a player from Austin P. All right. This is my first quiz. Juan Terrius? Juan Terrius. Montarius Bryant, that's what I'm going to say. He fell victim to a Falcons tryout hoax. The Falcons have fake crowd noise. They've been faking a defense for 50 years. Now they got a fake. No, it's not the Falcons. It's some dude with a Atlanta area code like Catfish, this poor kid with a dream, and told him there's a tryout, a time and a place, and he shows up to the facility, and the Falcons are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a crazy story. He said somebody called impersonating Dan Pease, the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and told him to come. He's been invited to the tryout, so he comes and and he try out or he comes to, to try out and gets turned away. Right. He was oddly open about it all. Right. He talked about this on Twitter. He's a defensive back. Right. He's like, this is just another hurdle. I'm embarrassed, but it's not going to stop me from chasing my dream. He wasn't defensive at all. And I thought, oh, he's going to fit right in with the Falcons. <laughs> I mean, I had this thought eked into my brain the way that he was, he was very, um, very much against anybody trying to publicly shame the person that right. catfished him and impersonated the defensive coordinator for the Falcons. And very fishy, very fishy. It was a little fishy. And I, was, I said, you know, I wouldn't put it past them if this was a Manti Teo situation where 
somebody was in on this and it gives him a reason to just show up and pretend like, right. you know, he's Get some buzz, knock on the door, have yeah. his name in the paper. Right. Have the Falcons go, all right, come on in. You know, it's a good PR move for them. They should yeah. put him on the practice squad for right. a day or something. It's right? like the the guy who does a hunger strike outside the team facility or whatever, right? You hear yeah. that story once in a while, and then that kid gets a shot. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's cynical of me to think that, but, right. I mean, look at it. We're talking about it. We wouldn't have been talking about him otherwise. That's right. He's a he's a defensive back from Austin P. That football factory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, we I teased you with this before. Where's Austin P? Because I had heard of it, but I couldn't place it on a map. I started to think about. It. I had two state. Give me a state. Uh, if you get the state, you win. I oh, had two in my head and actually guessed it right. You want me to surprised. give you any state or the state where I think Austin P. is? Are those different choices for you? I, I, I don't know. I didn't know where we were starting with this exercise. If we were starting with one <laughs> random state or you That's want to be cumbersome. <laughs> now you tell me where Austin P is. What state? I'm going to guess tell me the city or anything. No, Austin P uh, I'm going to say is in Idaho. Oh, that's a weird guess. Tennessee. I, I was pretty sure it was the South, but I'd driven all over the South. I never ran into Austin P. I've never seen it anywhere. It's in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. It's not even one of Tennessee's top five cities. So, so that's where this kid played. That's where he played. I don't know. When you're chasing the dream. It's easy to fall prey to stuff. If somebody said, we're doing auditions for Netflix specials, come to such and such a place, I'd go. You know? <laughs> to get there and it's like a single family home and it's just one guy in his yard by himself, you know? All right, listen. This is touching himself. This is the move, Kostaki. I'm gonna have. I'm just gonna find some guy down the street. I'm gonna have them call you, pretending to be a Netflix executive in the this comedy. I like this in the comedy department. And you know, let's pretend you never heard this conversation. Right, <laughs> right now, we never had this conversation, you and I. But this guy's gonna call you. He's gonna cold call you, like. A Netflix executive would do. Yeah, that's how they do. And he's going to say, Kostaki, love what you're doing. Love all these bits about grapes and about snoring and everything that you do. I love it. We love it. We love everything that you're doing. (laughs) Love it. Come on down to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we're obviously having the showcase to determine (laughs) who gets the next special. And Uh then you're going to say, of course. Of course, Mr. Netflix executive, I'll be there with bells on. That's right. That's right. And then you show up and you tell them, what do you mean? Scott uh, Sampson, he called me and yeah. he said, we love everything that you're doing, Kostaki. And then even you mentioned the grapes bit. Even mentioned the grapes <laughs> bit. So I knew he wasn't fucking around. Like yeah, he, right. He's a yeah, real he fan. Right. So then you show up, you get turned away. And then you turn that into another news cycle, right? National you, media exposure. Yeah, right. Now you're in. Now you're a household name and you don't even have the Netflix special. That's right. I don't even need Netflix. You don't need it. <laughs> going to HBO now. Let's do it. Biggest name in comedy turned away from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's a stroke of genius. I definitely think that there's a chance that, that this was orchestrated. Yeah, it certainly could be. 
But if it wasn't, I feel so bad for the. It's ridiculous. I mean, who does that? What are they doing? But I would go. Netflix special audition. You can show up with just a guy. <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> all right. And I'm like, oh, this is the penis I have to. And then all of show business opens up for me. Ah, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. That would explain some of the Netflix specials we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> should we welcome in our guest? Let's do it. Tim Harmston. Should we give him an intro? He's been on Letterman. He's a funny hey. dude. He's, he's one of the Lewis boys at Acme. He's great. Yeah. He's, uh, great to have you, man. Welcome in, Tim Harmston. Thanks. You hear me okay? I, I'm... Uh... You can, you can. Okay. You sound yeah, great. Good. 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 I just found out there was a pandemic. So I'm this whole computer thing is kind of <laughs> new to me. This zoom stuff. Yeah, uh, hey, thanks for having me on. I, I'm excited to talk some football. Absolutely. I want to give you a compliment first and ask you sure. a question about that. And then we'll do, we'll dive right into Packers talk. Sure. Um, I know you a little bit. You're one of those guys I see like every five years I run into you and shake yeah. hands with you at Acme or somewhere. Um, I've always been a fan and I, when I agreed to do the podcast with the Burrill and boys, the, what's it called? I always forget writer's block. Writer's yeah. block. So I listened to Brian Miller's and a couple of Todd glass and you were one of the other ones I listened to before I did it to kind of make sure I knew what it was and understand the situation. And it was just great, man. I mean, your stuff was really funny and you had a great rapport with those guys it's a really cool hour. I, re- I enjoyed listening to you guys. Uh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, uh, that we, you know, we recorded that in the middle of, um, you know, in the middle of all the crap that was going down the last year. And so I didn't even, I didn't even really, you know, I, I don't know what you did during the pandemic, but for about five months, I really struggled to write anything funny. Like I, I was just really struggling. And then those guys hit me up and said, Hey, we're doing this podcast about writing bits. And it really, I thought, and since that pod, I started to kind of get back in the group. Like it just, I had kind of forgotten how to think funny. And so that was a real good, you know, that was a real good springboard to kind of get back into it. Now I'm feeling funny again, funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i had a similar experience I'm, mine was a little bit it was it was more it was knowing that i was gonna do it like made me woke me up and i yeah. was like i started writing again for that and i knew i had a nowhere comedy club special that i was gonna i that i promised a new hour so i had this sort of i put this pressure on myself but they were definitely a big part of the process so i, I thank them for that generally the premise is you pitch them three or four sort of half-baked ideas that you yeah. like, but you haven't figured out a way to make them funny yet. And then you guys all brainstorm and figure it out. And you did a weird thing. You sent them a clip of yeah. you on stage having done several good jokes, and then you worked from there, which I actually thought, oh, that's even better. That's even better <laughs> construct. Yeah, yeah, I did send them uh well that was the thing I sent them was the last set I did before the pandemic. It was like March 8th or 9th of 2020 and so I had got this set that I had I thought this is going to be a TV thing. This is a good one and then I never got another chance to really work on it. So I wanted to to see if they could even expand upon it and uh like I don't know how you write jokes, but uh, I like I, I've I've always been a fan of yours, Kostaki, because your jokes are like really tight and really fast and really quick, and that's always been 
kind of the style that I like to, you know, the style that I like to do when I'm on stage. But I often just think of a word or a, a, a situation and I'll write it in my phone and it might sit there for 10 years. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that or you just, yeah. you just, you think it's funny, but you can't, you, there's just no context in which to make it a stage bit. It just sort of sits there and, and those have been starting to kind of take shape. And when you get that over that hump on something that's been sitting there for a decade or five years or whatever, that's the best feeling in comedy. When you just, oh, you yeah, know, right. there's something to this. You just have, it just takes a while, you know? And, and uh, yeah. so I'm really looking forward to, cause the whole pandemic, I've just been filling my iPhone with just like one, one word or two words or three, <laughs> you know, and I just now I have, it's all in front of me. It's just how hard do I want to work to, to, to go after this. and That's and, great. And, yeah. So my, my takeaway is you have a 10 year old phone. No wonder. <laughs> that was hard for figure <laughs> yeah. That's oh, a good point. Man. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing that you're at the top of your game right now. You're in the, <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're in the zone. Nobody's calling me from Netflix to right. you know, uh, right. cold call my special. I, I have a guy. I have a guy. I don't know if you heard that right before you came on, but I have a guy that can call. Yeah. <laughs> It's like cameo, but for Netflix specials, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the reason you're here, young man, uh, uh, two weeks ago we did a pod, and at the time, every single media voice that I yeah. had come across was blaming the Packers for all everything that had gone wrong mm-hmm. and were kissing Aaron Rodgers' ass. Yep. And I totally understand that point of view. I actually think that's a fair point. But just to take the other position, because I was kind of fed up with not hearing another side, I did a little rant on the pod where I just trashed Aaron Rodgers and blamed him for everything. And I totally see that too. And we are desperately curious to hear what you, a hardcore Packers fan, think about all that's going on. Well, okay. Let me just say that, the, you know, you're right. I'm hardcore. So I get beyond the, you know, the, the average Packer fan. I don't want to pat myself on the back or you know but I feel, like, I feel like a lot of Packer fans are at a bar they're really drunk and they're yep. they're only seeing the you know the, the 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 scoreboard and you know but like I go into the draft you know like I'm into the draft I'm I'm um analyzing it all year round and 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 and, and I I really feel like the Packers uh, if they screw this up with Aaron, this is on them because they really, and I, I know you wanted me to be contrarian on the take, but I really, no, no, th- not at all. I just want to hear what you think. Cause you, you know stuff. Well, I really think that, that, um, there was a great, um, uh, you know, Rob Demosky from ESPN. Yeah. He's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's the Packers, um, beat, beat writer for ESPN. And he posted a tweet, um, about the, the statistics of Aaron Rodgers playoff games and I'll, I'll just read you some right now and he posted this after we got killed by san francisco two years ago i don't know if you remember that they ran for i don't know 300 400 yards. yards or something yeah yeah it was embarrassing and it happens a lot and here's i'm just going to read this this is from rob Demosky. rogers and dan marino are the only starting quarterbacks in the super bowl era whose teams allowed 35 plus in a playoff game five times mm. 
Uh, there are here's another one. There are thirty was two- against the Falcons, by the way. That's right. The Michael <laughs> Vick uh, at Lambeau Field. That was very. I'm that still burns. There are <laughs> there are thirty two starting quarterbacks with at least five playoff losses in the Super Bowl era. Of those, Rogers defenses allowed the most points per game in the losses. One more. There are 32 quarterbacks with at least 10 playoff starts, and Rodgers' defenses allowed the most points per game, 26.8. And the Buccaneers put up more than 26.8. Um, uh, in yeah, you know, So it's just it's broken. The, the Packers don't pay attention to defense. And I think the average Packer fan thinks, okay, let's get to the draft, and we got to get Aaron some weapons. He threw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Weapons aren't the problem. It's having a defense and a special teams that can rank toward the front 10 in the league. And he would have won, you know, maybe six rings. I don't know. Like, it's just the same. They just don't know how to make a defense that's not a finesse defense. And and I'm so jealous when I see a team like the Buccaneers and what they did last year, they they loaded up a bunch of big dudes, and they had two fantastic inside linebackers that were thumpers and playmakers with speed, and they built that defense from the guts outward. And we put, like, really fast guys on the outside, but we, we're, the blueprint is there. If you want to beat the Packers, run down our throats in January, and you'll make it to the Super Bowl. And, and that's... <laughs> And that it's just the same thing over and over. It's not about weapons. It's about having toughness. And and I, I you know I go all the way back to the 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 Ray Nitschke era that my dad used to wax on about. And and that that <laughs> I thought you were going to say were, something else. You know <laughs> that was a good were, team. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they were tough. Like they, you know, Nitschke and his nose is all broken and that helmet was all messed up and you know like that's what should be at Lambeau Field when you come in in December and January you should see a defense that makes it really hard to win at Lambeau because they're so physical and and it's just a it's a finesse defense and I could probably keep going on for an hour so the the cliche argument is that the Packers screwed it up by of the last 10 drafts, the number one pick every time has been defense nine of the times. Yep. And one of the time it was Jordan Love, who presumably is only there to replace Aaron. So they're not they're not helping Aaron on offense. You're saying, I don't care about that. I like the draft and defense. They just didn't do the rest of the work on the defensive side. Yeah, I think the narrative in the media is that this was about Jordan Love. And, and granted, that, that really did get Aaron, you know, upset was – that that they drafted his replacement probably a two or three years before they should have. Right. But I, if you could put a truth serum in Aaron Rodgers' Gatorade, I think that my theory about them being soft on defense and him having to carry this team uh, so far because everyone knows that if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they're the Bengals, and that's the that's the honest truth. <laughs> <laughs> they're not a very good team without Aaron Rodgers. I think and you're so, right. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, take that, Barry Weakman. 
<laughs> he, he was asking for a shout out. I guess he's watching a baseball game. So he's not joining us live here tonight. But uh, I think you're right, Tim. I mean, even that, that 49ers game that you mentioned, I think Garoppolo threw the ball eight times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they ran it for 400 yards. And even going back to when the Giants beat them in the yep. NFC Championship game, it was the same thing. Just, you know, Eli didn't blow them away, but Plaxico caught enough balls and then... Uh, Brandon Jacobs just ran it down their throat. I mean, so that's been the blueprint for years. They uh, Who's the last stud that they had? I mean, was it the Goldilocks linebacking core? Yeah. Well, and that that's the other thing, too, is that a lot of Packer fans saw A.J. Hawk as this high, this high round draft pick. I think <clears> that we took him fifth overall. He was an adequate linebacker. He's not a Hall of Fame, not worthy of probably the fifth round pick and then they had clay matthews who was more of a you know an athletic outside linebacker but they you know if you go back to the reggie white super bowl champion packers they had uh you know they had reggie white and santana dotson and uh george Koontz. there was no way you were running up the middle of the packers and for whatever reason uh the packers don't value the linebacker position the inside linebacker position they'll always throw maybe a seventh round pick at it They'll sign someone off the street, um, you know, and, and there's this idea that the, the, the offenses are so multiple. Like if you're playing, you know, Matt Nagy's Bears, you got to be ready for uh, so many different personnel changes. So you got to have a lot of little short, quick, fast guys, safeties that can play linebacker. But when you do that, you're just saying, please run on us. Please run on us. Put as many safeties at middle linebacker as you can because we're just going to run on you. And they do over and over and over again. And I don't feel like the majority of Packer fans see that. Like a lot of them, you know, and I love them. I mean, these are my people. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think that they're the most, you know. Sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the, the the Patriot fans, or I feel like even the Falcon fans are very, you know, they're pretty sophisticated I, fans. I don't know. I do a podcast with them. Kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dumb. They still think Julio's a top receiver. So. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. We've opened don't get that started. <laughs> um, all right. Well, as a representative of Packer Nation, do you think there's um, – is there some – I, I'm, I'm asking because I think this is how I would feel if I if I was a Packers fan. Are you frustrated that Aaron Rodgers is sort of disconnected from the real world, where he just, he doesn't like the manager? He's frustrated with his contract. Like we're regular blue collar people up here, you know? Why, why? How do you think you can get away with making two hundred million dollars playing a kids' game and whining about the situation and threatening to leave? Like, yeah. Why do you think we're going to be okay with that? Are you frustrated it, at all with the way that he's handling it? You know what I, I I'm not, and and I and I say that because and and this is uh, I would love to get your guys' take on this, but like, but let's be let's be honest. Did did Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady did they have? They might not have had decision-making um, authority on personnel moves, but you know that you know that Tom Brady had some input on what kind of players to draft or what what he likes, you know. And he, you you see that you saw that play out, and and I'm sure Peyton Manning had the same kind of thing. And the Packers just seem to just get under Aaron's skin at every opportunity, right? Like, 
you know, they, they had that, the, that story came out about Jake Kumaro, who was right. like, you know, he, he, he and Jake had formed a bond in training camp and, and Jake was, he's not an all-star, but he's a guy who, who, when you tell him to run a route, he's where he's supposed to be. And he catches the ball kind of like a, you know, what, like a Danny Amendola type that just go here and be there and be on time and catch the right. ball. And, Scrappy. And, Aaron, and Aaron needed that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they cut, so Aaron spoke out on his behalf uh, and then they cut him within 24 hours. And, right. and you would think that they would be like, Hey, Aaron really likes this guy. Yeah. It makes him feel comfortable. Yeah. Let's keep him around. Yeah. yeah. Cut, you know, and, 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 you know, and I also read that, that the Vikings drafted a, a quarterback out of Texas A&M in the third round. Was it the third or fourth round this year? And before they did, they t- they reached out to Kirk Cousins and said, "Just so you know, we're drafting this kid from Texas A&M as yeah. a as a courtesy." And you know, and 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 I, from what I under from what I've read, cousin, I mean, that's a normal thing. If you're gonna if you have a franchise quarterback, you let them know you're gonna take a quarterback. And they didn't do that. But there's just been other things, you know, you know, like the, the the draft that Jordan Love had. That gets all the Jordan Love trade gets all the attention. But what doesn't get the attention is that the next draft or the next pick, the second round pick, was a running back out of Boston College, who right. couldn't get into the top three in the lineup. And then the third pick was a, a, a an H back, an undersized H back from Cincinnati. You know, and then we went into like guards and like we got nothing out of that draft. And here Aaron was in is in the prime of his career. And you'd think that they would want to draft for now and not, you know, five years from now. That I totally agree with. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, what are you doing? I mean, these teams wait their whole arc of the story of the franchise to have this moment with the franchise quarterback and couple of plays away from Super Bowl, you know, here and there and in the mix for almost every year for 10 years. I mean, it's crazy how sort of perennially good the team has been and yet not over the hump very much. Like put everything – like the way the Buccaneers did. Like they just – There you go. They're like, yes, Leonard Fournette. Yes, Antonio Brown. Yes, every possible (laughs) thing that we could think of. Ndamukong Sue. Right. 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 Yeah, And, and and here's the other thing. That makes the, the that scenario with the Jordan Love draft even more phenomenal is that we just talked about how we that was coming off a game where you you got ran on for three hundred plus yards and you kept the defensive coordinator you drafted players that aren't going to solve the problem <laughs> I would be enormously frustrated you know Aaron puts his he puts the time off the field. He's a model citizen um, off the field, on the field. We all know that he gives everything he has. And these guys are suffering, you know, concussions and torn ligaments, you know. And so you put all that into it over a course of 15 years. You think that the GM would be like, let's try to go in all in. Let's get J.J. Watt at the trade deadline or whatever. And and so I think, to finish my point, I'm rambling, but I think that, that, that Aaron's just, sick of it all and that's why the stories of him not liking the gm are out there and i don't blame him one bit and yeah i hear you yeah yeah so i it's interesting i you feel like if they're gonna send the gm and the 
and the um, I forget all, the coach and all the they they fly them to California to meet with Aaron. Like they're clearly trying to make amends and work something out. You think they could just sit down and figure this out? It's amazing that they haven't. That all, all the parties are motivated to. I think even Aaron must know. You know, even if it's hard to accept that he's in a very good place to be good at what he does, it seems like everyone's motivated to get this figured out. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I'm of the mindset that this is broken and this isn't going to come together. So, you know, because as, as a fan, I've seen this problem. I've noticed detected a pattern here over the course of Ooh, let's know, let's the- crack the case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. and I just think Aaron's like, okay, uh, and then I think what didn't help was the going for the uh, field goal there. Um <laughs> and I, I think that was a real burn um to Aaron and I think that might have been the final straw. Yeah, that was a, that was hard to explain. And and you know, in the same year, Tom Brady shows up at a different place and Yes, yeah. I want that guy and that guy and that guy. They put it all together and it all happens. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a perfect storm. The one thing I would like to say is all this talk about Aaron not having weapons. Like, can you name the big Tom Brady receivers in the twenty yeah. years that he was a monster? I mean, he yeah. had Randy Moss for a cup of coffee yeah. and Dion Branch. I can't even name. Who they, I mean, he had a bunch of these yeah. Amendola type of guys, but he didn't Troy have Brown. any. He didn't have any big shot receivers yep, for an he, extended period of time ever. Gronk was his Devonte Adams. Mm, you know, right. Gronk, Gronk was his guy, and and then you know he had he always had Welker and uh, and um, Julian Edelman, who were were both fantastic. But they're not, you know, they're not physical specimens or perimeter receivers. Yeah, they're not number ones in the traditional way, right? Yeah, and I, I don't think Aaron has any problem with with, and that goes back to the Kumaro thing. It's like. I'm fine. I bet I'm speaking for Aaron now. He's like, <laughs> I'm fine. Let, but if you're not going to bring in the, you know, the the free agent talent and draft high, at least give me the guy that I want in Kumaro. Okay, at least give me that. Yeah. Um. Thing, and they they couldn't do that, and um. So I feel like, uh, you know, I I feel like they that the relationship is broken, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Denver. Um, or retires, you know, I think he could, he could probably walk away. Um, it would be really sad to see an MVP walk away from the game, no matter who you root for. He did, I think, over leverage the, uh, Jeopardy situation. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have ever thought you'd say that sentence? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. But I think, I think that the Jeopardy thing did play a part in his, his, um, you know, his strategy, his leverage strategy. Sure. But, he's getting married and his life's different. And there's a lot going on here. You know, it's, 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 inter- it's an interesting story. It's fun to follow, see what happens. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm not being sympathetic to the Lions fans and the Falcon fans and the Browns fans, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, they've had a rough. Yeah. I've had I'm a having, rough. having my own little meltdown here up in, you know, and I've watched two Super Bowls in my life that we've won. And well, so it's like, how do I, oh, how can I possibly have this burden on me about this? But I well, guess it's, I mean, it's like, you know, you have, when you have to pee and you get close to home, you have to pee a little bit more. It gets more yeah. intense. It's just the psychological thing. Like the Packers are, have been so close and they're always close every yeah. year. 
and they just can't seem to pull it together. So I can yeah. understand how that's frustrating. If you're the I've boy, watched two Super Bowls in my lifetime and lost them both. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And the Buffalo, you know, and then you look at the Vikings. People don't, you know, younger people don't know what the Vikings went through in the Bud Grant era. Right. You know, that was that was sad because I love Bud Grant. The fact that he didn't win or Fran Tarkenton did win a Super Bowl, that's amazing. And Yeah, I talked to Tom Bernard every week and he belly aches about the He's been a Vikings fan <laughs> since he was a boy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's we why I feel right. guilty. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's great to have you, man. It's so good to talk to you and, and get your perspective as the voice of the Packers. So just to summarize, I think if, I think it's fair if I could I could summarize. Uh it's the <laughs> Packers' fault and it's not gonna work out. That's yep. pretty much what you're saying. A hundred percent. Well, we shall watch the rest of the tale and see how it unfolds. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe when it when it finally reaches a resolution, maybe I'll come back on and give you like the one minute version of how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do that. Blake Bortles, that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I forgot that he signed there. Did you know? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Tim, for joining us. But Blake, he started growing a beard, a la Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's trying to follow that career arc now. Well, I already got my my Fitzpatrick jersey or my uh, Bortles, Bortles jersey. Yeah, yeah, nice. I had to make it with a crayon. Thanks nope. for being here, man. It's good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim. Check him out, timharmson.com. Very funny dude. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you watch and you go, ah, shit, I got to work harder. So that's the that's the best compliment I can give a comic. Take Thanks, it easy, guys. buddy. Bye. I'll see you. <laughs> that was great. Shout out to you, Tim. Yeah, that was good to get a Packers perspective there. Yeah, you can see that he's got, you know, like he really cares about the details. He's been mulling this over for a while. A little know? bit. Yeah, he's just been it's... waiting for an opportunity to tell the world how he feels about it. <laughs> but I, I, t- I totally get it, man. You get so frustrated and, like, it definitely seems like the organization is messing it up. I mean, why is Aaron unhappy every year? He can't be that much of a sourpuss. Yeah, I think you're right, but he does also seem like – he hasn't talked to his family in seven years. I mean, he is a tricky character, though, right? Suppose also, so. Those, those are both true. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to know from the outside, but it sure looks like he could be a big pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, you know the uh, top three signs of panic? Do you know this? Uh, no, I don't. It's uh, shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. It's uh, raised heart rate. Mm-hmm. And signing Blake Bortles. Those are the three signs of panic. <laughs> huh? Come on. <laughs> Matt LaFleur said he, they want Rodgers back in the worst way. Yes, they've gone about it in the worst way. <laughs> uh, it's not working out. But we'll see what happens. I want to jump to this. This is, a, this is on topic a little bit. I haven't even pitched this to my buddies yet. But I, I had a thing. I'm in a fantasy keeper league, right? Mm, mm. We keep five guys, yep. and it's indefinite. Like, you know, I had Calvin Johnson every snap of his career. Like, you kind of connect with guys, and you in the offseason, it's more fun to play in a keeper league like that because you, the offseason is relevant, right? Mm-hmm. They draft a running back to come and squash your guy. You know, you, know, you got Melvin Gordon, you're sad, you know what I mean? Whatever. So I was actually thinking of pitching to the guys to do the draft soon so that we have the whole summer to have these other story arcs that still have yet to play out. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to play, right? 
And you have to take that into account when you're drafting. Like maybe you pick a Denver wideout who might have Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you fade Devontae Adams a little bit. What's going to happen in Houston? You know, are the Falcons going to draft another running back? Not draft, but sign another running back? Are they going to let Julio Jones go? There's all these things that happen. And I think it would be fun to have a full roster to react to the news with over the course of the next few months before the, the game even starts. What do you think of that? It's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to have an uphill battle trying to convince your league mates to do that. I but think so too, but I don't know why. It sounds awesome. It does, yeah. But I guess, you know, some people want to be armed with all the information before they gamble, if you will. That's right. Yeah. That's right. To you use what? the Packers example, you want to avoid the Jordy Nelson situation where you draft Jordy Nelson yeah. and he blows out his ACL yeah. the week before the season or whatever. Those things um, always happen, but I'm I'm kind of more on your side where it's like, yeah, well, it could also happen in minicamp. So what difference does it make? It can happen anytime. Uh, right. So you have, it's almost like four more months of football season yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm going to pitch it. We'll see what happens. I actually looked just today to see that you could you could set up a draft for tomorrow, you know, like it's available at Yahoo. You just reminded me, a uh, quick aside here. I've been meaning to mention this for a few weeks now, but Bob, uh, I forgot how to say his name, let's just say Bob B, who won the uh, custom jersey Oh yeah, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Niners snaps. fan, right? Uh, Broncos. Oh, shit. Sorry, Bob. Broncos fan. Uh, that's Dave, I think you're thinking of. I'm thinking of Dave. That is what I'm thinking. You're right. And um, so he got this. I'm going to post the picture on the Quick Snaps Twitter, Quick Snap Show, and on uh, Patreon. But he sent me a picture of it. He got the name Lucky on the back, and he, he sent a picture with, like, all these Denver pillows and all this stuff. It was so cool. I've been meaning to post it. I forgot, but Bob won the custom jersey for being the the one person that won the drawing on the on the Patreon. So if you want to see it, it's a funny kind of backdrop picture. It'll be on the Quick Snaps Twitter after this show. Okay, uh, cool. I want to see it myself. Yeah, so I just wanted to give him a shout out for winning that because it finally arrived. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to have trouble convincing your league mates to go for that. But and I think it might be easier actually with a redraft league because everybody's in the same boat. You didn't take like a couple years to, you know, develop your roster and your strategy and just to throw that away for some willy nilly idea that Kostaki's got. He wants to gamble and just, you know. <laughs> So let's all indulge them. No, I, well, it's all, I mean, it's, 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 it's an equal thing. You know, if you had Cam Akers and he blows out his knee in August, that, yeah. you know, that, there's an equal chance for everybody. It's but not it's, a competitive advantage. I don't know. Sounds fishy. You're an NFL insider. Maybe you know something. <laughs> well, I did talk to Tim Harmston about the Aaron Rodgers. Situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You, <laughs> I got, got inside information. Got the inside track. He watches every Packers game. <laughs> So, I don't know. Good luck with that. Yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah. Uh, what else do we need to cover, man? We need to do a couple plugs. I got gigs coming up, but I mean, they're not soon, soon, but I'm going to do Fresno here uh, in mid June. And then mid July, I'm doing Acme in Minneapolis. And then I got a bunch of uh, Louisville and Indianapolis and stuff coming up in the fall. Um, so, I'm just kind of eking back into having a little bit of a schedule. I have. Haven't done live stand-up yet. Wow. This year. Okay. This, haven't done it in front of real humans live in person for over a year. So wow. that's coming up here soon. I'll shake that rust off. 
Oh man, so rusty. But <laughs> I do, I do have a new hour. I am doing a new hour. I'm not going to do the old stuff. I'm committing to this. It's like a forced experiment where I kind of over the other stuff, and you know, I'm I'm doing a George Carlin style. I it's like I taped the special and I'm uh-huh. moving on to the new thing. Okay, yeah, good for you, man. Andrea, shout out to everybody in the in the chat. But she's she writes SLCS. Does that mean Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City. You know yeah. the the tough one on Salt Lake City is two strikes. Um, one, the owner of the clubs there has always been a little hesitant about having me there for whatever reason, and I kind of know him. It's weird. And since that happened, they're no longer a Bob and Tom market, which makes it harder for me to get there and mm. sell tickets to the club that I would try to talk him into having me at. Gotcha. Um, I love SLC. It's uh, it's a great town, actually. And there's some good comedy going on there. So I don't think it's likely, but I won't give up. I'd love to come see you guys. All right. We're going to start a grassroots campaign. Everybody just <laughs> tell the club you want to see Kostaki out there. and We'll make it happen. Hey, here's a plug that's vaguely connected to that question. I just got some residuals from uh, Dry Bar. Dry Bar mm. Comedy is sending me money now because they're getting so many plays on YouTube and Facebook that awesome. they owe me money. Which uh, between you and me and the hole in the wall, I never thought was going to happen. It's like free money <laughs> falling out of the sky, and so I would I would send you to them. Those guys have their stuff up on YouTube, Facebook, several other platforms. Go watch my stuff. There's some really good squeaky clean Mormon friendly comedy uh, <laughs> available all over the place. And if you like that kind of thing, they have got some great comics. You can certainly check me out and several of my buddies. I'm trying to think who. Which of my buddies have said yes to this? Brian Miller eventually I, uh, did. I think he's recently on there. Yeah. Chad Thornsbury. I see his clips once in a while. He's a funny guy who contributes to uh, Quick Snaps once in a while. Um, there's a bunch of good comics over there. David Crow has a great special. It's really good stuff. So check that out. Dry Bar Comedy, uh, wherever, you, wherever you look at your stuff, you can find them. Otherwise, come join us at, uh, at All Pro Lines. It's I've had a rebirth since we finally moved in. I've had a little bit of time and I've been going down to the pool has these little fireplaces and they got good Wi-Fi, so I can sit down there for a couple hours once in a while. Ooh, nice, take a break from the kid and write some football jokes. It's nice fun. So intimate writing. <laughs> does that sound sexy the way it I does, laid that yeah. up? Fireplaces. <laughs> it's cold here. I thought when I moved to California I was gonna be warm all the time. It's it's like high of 63 almost every day lately. It's weird. Mm. Sorry, buddy. Which is, which is fine. I'm just saying when night falls, it's like it's nice to sit next to a little fire situation. Oh, Dude, I love fire. You don't have to convince me. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a fire being lit under Tim Tebow's ass. We didn't even mention him. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Uh, I, that's my, oh, that's my uh, uh, what's the segment? I should prepare more. Uh, which comes first segment. Oh, okay. All right. Kelvin Benjamin cut from the team oh. trying to be a tight end or Tim Tebow cut from the team trying to be a tight end. Oh, interesting. Which comes first Tebow in Jacksonville. Benjamin showed up to Gettleman. Gettleman drafted him as a rookie from in Carolina and loved this kid and is bringing him back. He's at Giants minicamp right now. Yep. Trying to be after not playing for three years in the NFL. I can't believe it's been three years. Yeah, I I am kind of intrigued by that story because I always liked that kid. I am too, but he he does seem to be following that old career path of being drafted as a wide receiver, eating yourself out of the league, 
becoming a tight end. I assume he'll be out of the league next year, and then he's going to come back and be an offensive lineman. That's just a (laughs) natural progression. That's a natural progression, man, and I think that'll work out for him because if if he's moving to tight end, he only has to slide over one slot to the left or to the right and offensive (laughs) lineman. He doesn't have to travel very far. He's big. He's a big dude. He's like six five. He is a big dude. It, I mean, it's interesting. He certainly was a good wide receiver for a couple of years. I, I can't possibly be that good anymore. But he's a big body. It's a great question. All right. Well, same thing about Tebow. Tebow's thirty three. Hasn't played in the NFL in eight or nine years. Yeah, and certainly well, never played tight end. Which one's going to make the team? Um, Kelvin will make it. And they're both going to make the team. Tebow's going to make the make team. They're both going to make the 53-man roster? They're both going to make the team. Uh, but oh Kelvin is more likely to be cut just because the Giants already have Evan, Evan Ingram and they have Kyle Rudolph. So it all depends on whether those two are healthy. If those two are healthy, why would you keep Kelvin? I can't see it. Um, and Tebow, I mean, he's butt buddies with Urban Meyer. He's going to sell tickets in Jacksonville. That's not what you say when you're a Christian. He's a tight end. He's his butt buddy. <laughs> Urban Meyer, he ain't going to cut him. He's going to, you know, you'll, listen, we'll do anything to accommodate Tim Tebow. If he desires something, we're going to make it happen for him. He is the chosen one after all. So <laughs> let's do everything we can. Let's bend over backwards to have Tebow back in the NFL in Jacksonville, his natural resting place. And uh, it's going to be beautiful for the league, man. It's going to be beautiful. I'm okay with that. I kind of root for Tim Tebow. I, I think he's an earnest dude. So I'm going to say Kelvin Benjamin gets cut first. I think he convinced me. I think he convinced me because they wouldn't, Urban Meyer wouldn't go through all this rigmarole to have him be a story for two months and then cut him. What do you, that doesn't make sense. Imagine all the people that buy tickets just to see Tim Tebow and then they cut him. They have to cut Gardner Minshew to release the number 15. And then, and then Tebow gets that jersey and sells a million of them. Wouldn't it be weird if the Tebow jersey became like the Mark Bavaro jersey of Jacksonville? That For the next 20 years you go and you see Tebow jerseys. He's got a few teams. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a collector's <laughs> item now. I mean, you could have... If theoretically, <laughs> I was off the top of my head, you could have a Tebow Broncos jersey. You could have a Jets Tebow jersey. You could have an Eagles Tebow jersey. And now you Patriots. have a Patriots jersey. And you can have a Jacksonville jersey. Is there one more forgetting? I think the that's Mets. it. The Mets. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of range, this guy. Uh, Tebow and Bavaro are not hanging out in the same circles. I don't think their fans are either. I, th- I think Tebow's fans are either <laughs> protesting at an abortion clinic or doing missionaries. Uh, and Bavaro doing missionaries. Doing missionaries. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of way. That's the way that a Bavaro fan speaks. You get my drift. <laughs> so Bavaro is going to be down at the mill. They're going to be at some shithole bar. Just, you know, talk, right. talking about the day at work, all dusty and shit. And, uh, yeah, that's you're not going to have a lot of crossover with Bavaro yeah, right. and Tebow. <laughs> so a bit of a stretch on that one, but I applaud you for trying to make it work. <laughs> I like this idea of doing the missionaries. I think that would be a better way to get their word out. <laughs> to do the missionary position. 
but yeah, man, I don't know. That T-Bow thing is super, super interesting and just so such an unnecessary plot twist. And it's like, how many people deserve to be in the league before Tim Debow? I don't like the Kaepernick comparison because it's just not necessary to have that conversation. I think it's two different things. It is definitely interesting that Kaepernick can't be in the league and, and Tebow can be. Right. And it's, you know, and it's also another conversation of merit versus market. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. he's not the best tight end available out there, no. but he is the one who's going to sell the most jerseys. Yep. Yep. You know, and as a, maybe as a comic, like that just makes sense to me. Like, of course you book Tim Tebow. I mean, he's from there. It's a stone's throw from where he was the ju- the biggest college star in the history of, you know, he won a Heisman and a national championship right down the road. Of yeah. course you bring him in for anything. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it makes sense marketing-wise. And if he can do some leadership kind of centering some of these knuckleheads a little bit, you know, that's a, almost a coaching role. Maybe he winds up as a coach. Who knows? I'm sorry, but if Tim Tebow tried to come on the team and tell me anything about playing – in the NFL and and tight end, uh, I would be so annoyed by that. Like, bro, there's a reason you were out of the league for a long time. Like, shut up. You can't tell me anything. Well, he should have just said yes to being a tight end eight years ago. Exactly. Exactly. We might have had a whole different story arc. Yep. Or if he was serious about being a quarterback, go play in the CFL or the XFL or the any of the FLs. Why did you disappear? <laughs> I don't know. But I think he's earnest. I think he just changes his mind about what he wants to pursue. And I think that's fine. Are you going to judge a guy for that? That's fine. We all change our minds a thousand times every day. So that's right. I don't begrudge him for trying it. It's, yeah. You know, Go get him. Just weird that teams are still on board. I don't know. I'm rooting for Be- Benjamin. Yeah. How much, how much is that in Kelvin? All right. I will. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll take the other side just to be, just to be contrarian. All right. I'll say Tebow's cut before Benjamin and they might, they, they might both make it through the year, but I, you know, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Whoever loses, um, has to eat a hot dog in five seconds on the air. (laughs) We might need to brainstorm this a little bit. That seems kind of thrown together, that punishment. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a better scenario. I don't know. Uh, in the name of Calvin Benjamin, we, we probably need to eat yeah. seven or eight hot yeah. dogs on yeah. the air. Yeah, that's where I was going. Uh, and then in Tebow's name, well, you know, there'll be an extensive prayer before and after the hot dogs. Come on, pretend you're at the bar in New York City that we used to go to <laughs> with the hot dogs. I can't remember the name. What was it? Yeah, something with a pig in it. Yeah. Free hot dogs. What kind of bar has free hot dogs? They won't be doing that anymore. Well, maybe they will. (laughs) It's all all coming back. It seemed to care too much about the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Spotted pig? No, that's not it. What the hell was it? It's something like that. Yes. Porkies? It wasn't porkies. It's pig something. How was it? It's got a pig in the logo. Ah, wish somebody could tell us. It's one of the only bars in all of Manhattan that's not like you know, double digit price for a glass of beer. Yeah. It's a good spot. That's yeah, a good spot. I like that spot. Anyway, we'll go there when you come for the Falcons game. 
Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll come back, but not this year. I'll, right. co- I'll come back sometime. All right. We'll have a mayor's bet on that game, by the way. We'll figure something out. Okay. Yes, indeed. I don't want to go. It's good to talk to you. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. At all pro lines, at Aaron Hodges, at Funny Kostaki. Uh, come to Patreon. Join us. Join us. Contribute to the cause. And uh, we're going to be doing some announcements here in the next little while about how we're going to grow things and make it even better over oh, around these parts here. Quick snaps. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Later. Yeah.